The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Daybaker for this Friday, the 28th of April in London. Coming up today... Taking the reins, the BOJ's new governor scraps forward guidance on rates and plans a review of monetary policy. Stormy weather ahead, Amazon jolts investors with talk of a slowdown in cloud growth. In Activision, gaming giant CEO calls the UK's decision to block Microsoft's $69 billion takeover irrational. You turn on the plan to scrap all EU laws. I earn over... For £125,000 and it's not enough and HMV heads back to Oxford Street. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, pushing back against Pill, nearly two-thirds of companies say they plan to raise prices in a headache for the Bank of England. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. The Bank of Japan has scrapped guidance on future rates and announced a review of its ultra-loose monetary policy. The announcement comes at the first BOJ meeting under the new leadership of Governor Kazuo Ueda. Former BOJ Assistant Governor Kazuo Moma told Bloomberg that the central bank still fears ultra-low inflation. One most important thing we have to keep in mind in terms of the uh, mindset of BOJ is that the BOJ wants to avoid any risk of uh, failing to achieve 2% inflation target this time around. Actually, this is the once in generation opportunity for the BOJ to grab uh, to achieve 2% inflation. Former BOJ Assistant Governor Kazuo Mama speak to, spoke to Bloomberg as speculation is growing that the central bank is laying the ground to revise its yield curve control. The policy has led to the BOJ owning around half of all Japanese government bonds. Now to earnings. Amazon says that growth in its cloud computing business is continuing to cool. The warning dashing hopes that the company's most profitable division could ride out the current downturn in tech spending. Amazon CFO Brian Olsavsky told investors that the slowdown is continuing this month. As expected, customers continue to evaluate ways to optimize their cloud spending in response to these tough economic conditions in the first quarter. And we are seeing these optimizations continue into the second quarter, with April revenue growth rates about 500 basis points lower than what we saw in Q1. Olsavsky spoke after Amazon posted a 16% jump in first quarter revenue for its web services business. The world's largest online retailer posted an overall quarterly profit that did top estimates, with revenue increasing by 9% to just over $127 billion. Activision Blizzard CEO says the decision by UK regulators to block Microsoft's takeover of his company is irrational. Speaking to Bloomberg, Bobby Kotick said the two firms are now preparing to challenge the decision. 
it clearly is an irrational conclusion. And I think uh, we have every expectation, as does Microsoft, that we should prevail in an appeal with, uh, with the tribunal. Kotick's comments come after Microsoft's President Brad Smith called the decision to block the deal bad for Britain. On Wednesday, the UK's Competition and Markets Authority effectively banned the deal, saying that it would give Microsoft an unfair advantage in cloud gaming. Well, here in the UK, business confidence rose to an 11-month high this month, driven by optimism in hospitality and financial services. According to Lloyds Bank's Business Barometer survey, 61% of companies intend to raise prices over the next year. The findings feed into concerns at the Bank of England that upward pressures on prices may become more persistent. U.S. growth slowed more than forecast in the first quarter of this year. GDP rose by 1.1% in those three months, less than the 1.9% forecast in Bloomberg's survey. The slowdown largely driven by an inventory drawdown. Consumer spending grew at a strong 3.7% annualised pace, up from 1% previously. Frustratingly for the Fed, the central bank's preferred core gauge of prices picked up to 4.9% in the January through March period. Bloomberg Economics continues to project a US recession starting in the third quarter. Meanwhile, Federal Reserve emergency loans have risen again amid renewed financial stress. Bloomberg's Valerie Titel reports. U.S. banks increased emergency borrowing from the Fed for the second week in a row, underscoring the ongoing stress in the financial system. Just over $155 billion of loans were outstanding through two backstop lending facilities in the week through April 26, compared to $144 billion in the previous week. Volatility in the banking sector could complicate next week's Fed decision, which is widely expected to see rates increase by 25 basis points to more than 5%. In London, I'm Valerie Titel, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. So those are some of our top stories on the programme this morning. Caroline, as a, as a renter, mm-hmm. uh, I was very, very I, un, un, surprised, shocked. I'm not sure that I am actually that shocked when I think about it, but London rents have topped £2,500 for the first time um, ever as the slowest, uh, even though it's we're seeing a slower pace of increasing, but it, it's just looking at a position where renting in the capital seems to be getting even more impossible than it was previously uh, as prices push higher. So these are figures mm-hmm. from Right Move. They say that asking rents rose by 0.9% uh, in the first quarter of 2023, which is a slowdown in growth, but still pushing over that £2,500 level. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I think that the thing, though, about uh, consumers at the moment is that they have been surprisingly resilient. And we mm. see that again and again. And just look at that Lloyd's business barometer, the fact that um, so many businesses, two thirds of businesses, are still expecting to push prices up over the next 12 months. No, look, I'm not shocked that rents have gone up so significantly. Um, but yes, I think is whether there is a tipping point for consumers that I think is very important in terms of the Bank of England's thinking. Yeah, and although the quarter on quarter figures are quite small, asking rents are up 14% year on year um, and rising faster in outer London, which is interesting because we're still unpicking the dynamic of the people that moved out of central London mm. during the pandemic and then came back and now we're perhaps having to be pushed further out again uh, as prices still go higher. Uh, Rightmove says that supply of rental properties still 46% below um, 2019 levels. So you're looking at still a huge supply problem uh, in the market. As And 
you know, that's also partly linked to higher mortgage rates because you're looking at a fact where a lot of landlords who have buy-to-let mortgages are facing higher costs for how they, um, you know, for their own business, for their own properties, which means the tenants are going to have to pay more as well. So it's sort of a cycle uh, argument in that as well. Uh, so really interesting to see those latest figures uh, from Right Move. Um, that is one of the stories that we have stuck out for us on the terminal mm. um, this morning. Absolutely. But let's uh, return to the top uh, story this morning, which of course is the Bank of Japan meeting, which has seen its scrap forward guidance and also announce a review of monetary policy. The, so the decision came a little bit later than usual. Uh, it also laid out some of the priorities that the bank uh, now has under its new governor, Kazuo Ueda. So let's go live to Tokyo and speak to Bloomberg's Kathleen Hayes. Kathleen, who better to have you on today? I mean, this has been really a very important meeting. No change to policy, but a review uh, over the next 18 months and many other lines of interest to markets. Well, you know, I think there were there were no surprises here. That's part of it. The fact that they did, for example, let, let's start with the uh, policy review. It had been re- released in in one of the major major news outlets here in Tokyo. That that's probably would, that would probably happen. We got with Sankey News over the weekend, uh, and they suggested it would be something over uh, uh, like over twenty five years, perhaps, and play out over a year to a year and a half. Uh, that's way longer than any policy review as it has ever been in 2016, early 2016, when they first went to negative rates. There was a month and a half policy review. So obviously, Governor Wade is looking to take on some deep structural look. And you know, it's it's room. He said he said to be. In fact, in the past, it publicly said he thought there were side effects from yield curve control that he didn't think were positive. And a lot of people figure that he's not really a big fan of it. But here we are. We've got it now. So that's significant. Uh, and in fact, the um, Changing the guidance was just a real easy thing to do because they took out a, co- a reference to COVID. It had been in there since 2019 that it would, you would maintain e- very easy policy, keep uh, rates lower, low as they are, or lower uh, in, in concern of that, the uncertainty of COVID. Well, COVID's over. Uh, the government's going to drop all its COVID uh, specifications now by the middle of the month. So it was an easy way to maybe just take out that that old what is your your easy monetary policy stance mm. and and from the door to something new, but no big changes yet there either. Catherine, are the the hints though that we we got from these subtle changes essentially paving the way for uh, an end or a significant change to yield curve control? Well, that I, I don't I don't think that's I think we can assume there's going to be a major change to yield curve control at some point because it was never intended to be a permanent policy in the first place. They, the ownership of, of JGBs, 90% of the, of the uh, outstanding uh, uh, tenures, is, is um, kind of a problem. They hardly trade anymore. Banks aren't making money on them. Uh, but when? When? How soon does it come? Uh, will we have to wait through a good portion of this review? Will we have to see that inflation goes up and stays up? And I think that, to me, was one of the most exciting things I saw when the, when the headlines first crossed, that they've raised some of their key inflation forecasts. This year, no surprise, they could still say, well, don't get too excited because it might be not sustainable and stable. <laughs> but uh, they even raised some parts of the 2024 forecast as well. And uh, that, I think, to me, is one of the things that most opens the door. If they get convinced that inflation is going to stay above 2% easily, regularly, not just suddenly turn around when people realize, you know, that, that, that it's still Japan, you know, and they don't want their prices to rise. Uh, I think that's going to be one of the biggest things that helps them get ready for shifting yield curve control. 
We will hear from Kazuo Ueda. We haven't heard from him yet in terms of the press conference. What are you going to be listening out for? Of course, his first major press conference. All these questions are going to be asked of him. What will he say? You know, uh, will he will he be clear on uh, that he is not ready to look at yield curve control yet? That he thinks it is something that will be looked at under this long-term policy review, but we're not sure what we're going to come up with. Is that the kind of thing that he would say? But it's very interesting uh, speaking to a number of people who have been at the BOJ, uh, you know, or, or watching the BOJ very closely. Uh, Ryan Nishihara, who is at uh, J.P. Morgan Securities, still thinks that they could make a move on YCC as early as June. Uh, and or certainly July, she thinks that this is an open window because the yen is in a stable range, bond yields, JGBs are not pushing against the upper edge of the bound, and it's something that's going to have to happen anyway. So let's listen to Mr. Wade and hope he gives us some more you know, current guidance on what's on his mind and a sense of where he wants to go next. Kathleen Hayes, Bloomberg's Global Economics and Policy Editor, thank you very much for bringing us the latest from Tokyo on that Bank of Japan decision. Coming up next, uh, you turn on the plan to scrap all EU laws. I earn over £125,000 and it's not enough. And HMV heads back to Oxford Street. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. And Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans joins us now with the details of those stories. Leanne, let's start in the, in the Financial Times. You turn on UK government plan to scrap or revise all EU law. Stephen, hello to you and happy Friday. And Britain after Brexit, well, it continues to cause divisions as the government retreats from its pledge to ditch EU laws. Now, the Financial Times says there is absolute fury among Conservative Brexit supporters at this news that large sectors of Brussels legislation will actually stay on statute books here in the UK. Now, the Conservative government is set to abandon its controversial plan to review or scrap all EU era law, and that will be by the end of this year, which is actually fast approaching. It's not long away. And Kemi Badenoch told Tory Brexiteers only around 800 laws will now be scrapped mm. out of the 4,000 that was drawn up in the retained EU law bill. Yeah, and no, it's interesting because th- this has been flagged by civil servants for a long time, that th- this is a huge task to unpick all of this and replace mm. it, even if they're replacing it with the same thing. Uh, but it's a huge administrative task and trying to do it was always going to be a big problem. And I'm sorry, I, you've managed both of you to avoid saying the word that the Conservative government you know, talked about, the bonfire of legislation. Well... 
Caroline, I'm glad that you said the bonfire of legislation. But if you have a look at the BN story that our very own Alex Wickham has written, bonfire of legislation is in his top line. But I just want to go back to what Stephen said, and he's absolutely correct. There's sort of a sigh of relief from business and civil servants, if you do read the piece in the FT, who have been given this massive task of overhauling all this law and regulation and it just seems to be that there were angry exchanges on Monday after the business secretary told Tory MPs these plans but she also says we need to be cautious so is there now a more Mm. cautious tone surrounding this coming from Kemi Badenoch? Yeah, and the Sunak government. Uh, The Telegraph says, I earn over £125,000 and it's not enough. Yes, so Jeremy Hunt announced that the threshold for the top rate of income tax was to be cut from £150,000 to £125,140. And since April, around 232,000 workers have found themselves paying 45% rate for the first time. Now, the newspaper has spoken to three people who have been heavily impacted by this decision. Laura, she's for speaking to the Telegraph. She's an executive recruitment consultant, has a salary of £130,000. She says she takes home £82,000. Now, what I found interesting is she says what devours her money is the terrifying rate of bills, mortgage, childcare, school fees, travel, gas, electricity. But one thing she really honed in on Mm. was the ludicrous sum she pays for her son to go to nursery full time, £1,800 per month. They also spoke to Thomas, who is 43, a bank risk director who earns £145,000, takes home £86,000. He also said the cost of childcare for Mm. two of their children, not even full time, is absolutely crippling. Right. Some stark figures there. Leanne, just a word to talk about the Times story, HMV to reopen its historic store on Oxford Street. I just feel so excited, you know. So do I. Yes, I just feel like, yes, HMV, do you remember how much we loved looking for our discount CDs? But apparently it's all reopening and they're going to be focusing on pop culture merchandise like vinyl Mm. because that's made this huge resurgence. Yes, I just want to say one thing. The owners of HMV said people have been walking into the shop and they've never seen cassette tapes. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at CutterEconomicForum.com.